Hello and welcome to Chasing the Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Lynn Holver, a digital nomad, world traveler, dreamer, and lover of life. Currently, I'm a social media marketer, a freelancer, and I'm totally obsessed with inspiring other women to dream bigger and live bolder. Each week, I'll be featuring women who have successfully created location-independent lifestyles that give them the freedom to live life on their own terms and how you can do the same. My goal is to show you that your dreams are possible and how much opportunity you have to not only create an income online, but also to make a real difference. So if you're ready to start living a life that excites you by learning from others who have already done it, then you're in the right place. Are you ready? Let's go. Hi guys, welcome back to another week and another episode of Chasing the Freedom. Thanks so much for tuning in again today. On the podcast today, I have Kelsey Spector. I was reading her bio earlier um, that she sent me and kind of everything that she's been through the past couple years and it really just got me so excited to have her on because she has done so much for herself and she really just dove headfirst into the whole digital nomad, location independent lifestyle, entrepreneur. Um, entrepreneur lifestyle and I can't wait for you guys to hear everything that she's learned along the way so to give you a little background about Kelsey she is the founder and brand designer and strategist of Wildside Design Co and her website and all of the branding that she does is beautiful so definitely go check that out if you're interested in that when she was 18 she actually booked a one-way ticket to Brazil to Brazil with only $600 to her name and not knowing a word of Portuguese. She had no formal education or degree, so taught herself the ropes of starting an online business with only her secondhand laptop and her trusty sidekick of Google. Over the past three years, she's grown her business as she's hiked, biked, sunbathed, and sambaed her way down the coast of Brazil and a 2001 ghetto gold VW, which is so awesome. And all the while discovering her love of frozen acai and everyday magic. So now she actually lives in Colorado, but she does prefer Brazil. She's in Colorado right now with her husband and her dog, where she's studying to become a shamanic practitioner. She owns and manages a variety of other businesses as well, from Amazon e-commerce to financial training indicators and has other ones, uh, several other ones in the works. So, oh my gosh, what a backstory, Kelsey. That's so amazing, everything that you've done. And thank you so much for coming on today. I'm excited to talk with you more. Hi, Lynn. Thanks so much for having me. It's, uh, it's, I'm super excited. Um, I love the idea of this podcast, so it's a, it's a real pleasure. Yes, of course. Well, that was a lot of background about you and an overview of everything that you've been through these past couple of years. So I really am interested to hear more um, just about you, who you are, where you came from, where you're currently at right now, and just give everyone more of an insight into yeah, who Kelsey is. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm Kelsey Spector, obviously. Um, I actually grew up in New Hampshire um, in this really small town, like 800 people called Newington. It's right next to Portsmouth, like um, it's on the coast. Mm -hmm. And I now run uh, an online branding agency, um, Wildside Design Co., which you mentioned. I've been doing that for about three to four years now. Um, and I have clients from, you know, all over the world. I basically do, you know, everything from the brand strategy to the brand design, the website strategy, website design, e-commerce, basically all the, the agency type of things. 
And then I also have a couple other businesses, like she mentioned. I have um, a pro couple products on Amazon that I sell with a, another business partner. I have this new um, business, which is more geared towards financial markets and financial education, that I uh, that I operate with my with my husband and business partner. And yeah, so I'm kind of, I guess a lot of people who used to know me when I was growing up would say that I'm crazy because <laughs> <laughs> of my decision back then. Um, but before I was in Colorado, I was in Brazil for four years, um, just kind of figuring everything out, um, starting my own business. And that's kind of up to where I am today as a basic overview. Um, does that cover yeah. everything, I guess? Yeah, no, that's great. I'm really interested to kind of rewind a little bit. and hear about where it all started for you. So you moved down to Brazil after you graduated high school and you were 18 years old and had $600 in your bank account. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about that. I, that's just so fascinating to me. I want to hear more. Yeah. So, um, I was like a really big overachiever in high school, like kind of, you know, like the person like always has their hand up to answer the questions and everyone's yeah. like, Oh my God, like this girl again, that was me. <laughs> Um, so I'm, I'm like kind of ashamed to admit it now, but back then uh, I was like a super overachiever, but then I kind of had burnout and I was like, I don't really want to go to college. Like I was the, I was the valedictorian of my class. Mm -hmm. Um, and I kind of was like, I can't do this. Like, I don't want to go to college. I can't stand getting burned out again. I want to travel. I always love travel. I had like a million national geographic books, like, you know, like the journeys of a lifetime and like all those books I used to. I like millions of them. And, uh, and so the summer before my senior year, um, it's kind of when it started, I did a, an exchange program in Spain, like a Spanish exchange program. And when I was in Salamanca taking these classes, I actually met who is now uh, my husband. Um, he is Brazilian and he was also doing an exchange program for Spanish at the time. And we kind of just hit things off and we're staying in touch and it wasn't anything serious, but I was kind of looking for an alternative to not go to college, like an excuse. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of came back that summer and was like, hey, mom and dad, guess what? I'm actually not going to go to college. I'm going to actually go to Brazil and I'm going to stay with this guy that I just met in Spain. You know, like it wasn't that serious. And I was like, I'm just going to go like stay with his family. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was totally normal when everyone else was like, oh, my God, you're crazy. Like, this is horrible. You can't do this. You need to go to college. You're throwing everything away. Um, so that was like this huge drama. and. Uh, had like a huge falling out with my family, my friends and everything over that, um, which was unfortunate, but uh, I stuck to it and I was like, I decided I want to do this and I'm going to do it. So uh, fast forward to graduation, I, everyone else going to college and I have like this one way ticket booked and about a week after I graduated, I was on the plane heading wow. there. And, um, in the beginning I had like no plan. I was like, I'm just going to go there and I'm going to figure it out when I'm there. I just, I know I'm going to figure it out. So when I was there, I was staying, um, some stuff. So I was going to stay with my, with my now husband, um, at like his place and stuff. But then he had gone through like a, a personal crisis with his family and was also in, happened to be in a bad place. So we were staying like in this tiny bedroom in the back of his mom's house. Wow. And we had between the two of us, like I had $600. He must've had maybe $600. We didn't have much money at all. And we both were kind of at this point where we're like, well, we have to figure out what we're going to do. And we only had internet and we only had like these like secondhand laptop that I got that like his mom gave me that she wasn't <laughs> using anymore. <laughs> like I had nothing. And so I was like taking these odd jobs to kind of make ends meet at the time. And 
I mean, that was a, a pretty harsh reality for me because I'm not going to lie, I was born pretty privileged, but I didn't want any of that for my family. Like I had a really weird relationship with money and I, and I really wanted to do it, like go to Brazil and prove for myself that I could make it without help from anyone. Yeah. That was basically like my rationale behind it. Yeah. Um, and so when we were there, I was taking like, I was handing out like flyers at a salon for like $15 a day, basically. And just like all these really weird jobs so that I could, you know, eat food. Yeah. And from there, we were like, well, we have to figure out something. So let's start doing something online. And that was kind of in the blogging phase. Mm -hmm. So um, we first started to try to do a blog. And then we we're like, no, this is way too much work. Like it doesn't give any money up front. We need something more like for right now. So we had built this blog on our own on WordPress, like very rudimentary. And then we're like, oh, you know, it's not too bad. Like we could probably figure out how to do websites for other people. So then we started learning, like I started looking online, um, Googling stuff about how to build WordPress websites. And um, since we had no clients or anything, we started um, going on Facebook and like messaging local businesses that didn't have websites. And we're like, hey, you know, you should have a website for this reason and that reason. And then we eventually closed like a couple people back then it was like $200 for a website, you know, yeah. cause this is in, in Brazilian reais, which is like three times less than the dollar's worth. So everything was like so much less mm -hmm. the cost, uh, like the, the amount that you would get for jobs. Um, but then like we just started slowly building that portfolio and eventually got, you know, a partnership with like a local agency who would outsource, you know, their work to us and they would have like a huge markup, but we were just satisfied to like have work. Right. Um, <laughs> and then from there, the big breakthrough came when, uh, Pinterest ads was actually in like a beta phase. They were rolling out like their ad platform for the first time. And I was like, I think this is going to be big. Like I've seen a lot of really cool like designs on Pinterest. I think I want to start doing brand design and I want to market it through Pinterest. Cause I think that that's going to be like a really big thing. Mm -hmm. And so at the time I didn't have like, you needed a U.S. credit card um, business credit card to be able to open it. So I like made this agreement with my parents that I would use their credit card and like transfer them money every month just so I could get this beta wow. access. And yeah. I use like a VPN cause you had to be like in the U S to use it. <laughs> so I was like, I need this. So I had like $300 and I was like, I'm going to invest all of this into ads and wow. I'm just going to like go for it. Cause I think this is going to work. And I had built like, I taught myself a little bit about logo design. I did kind of like some some fake brands, so to speak, to like put up on my portfolio. So I would have some examples and stuff to like market on Pinterest. Mm -hmm. um, and I did like those very long like brand boards. If you've seen on Pinterest, sometimes you see like those design boards. And I put like these $300 into ads and I landed like three clients and that kind of started everything. Wow. Um, so it was like really high stakes for a while there. And then we eventually like had enough money to go out and get our own place and move around. And that's kind of, leads up to where we are now but at the time it was like pretty tense because I'm super stubborn so I was like there's no way I'm going back yeah. so I have to yeah. like figure out a way to make this work or oh. like there's no other option so yeah that's basically the the background of how that happened before. Uh, yeah that is so incredible I really and trying to think like what decision I would have made if I was in your shoes and that is so brave of you or that was so brave of you to put your $300 investing into something that you didn't even know how it was going to turn out. Like it could have fallen, you know, completely flat, but yeah. you took that risk. What was that like investing kind of the last amount of money that you had 
into something like Pinterest ads that wasn't verified yet? Um, it was scary. It was definitely scary, but, um, I like, I just had this really good feeling about it. Cause I had talked to, there were a couple brands that were like other brand designers who were really strong on Pinterest at the time. And I had actually emailed one of them and asked her, you know, like, Oh, how'd you get started when I was just starting out? And she had said that Pinterest kind of launched her, but that was like before ads, it was organic Pinterest, but back when like nobody was using Pinterest. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I think this is going to be a really strong, strong thing. And I don't know. I just, I just really believed in it, but I also feel like I had to believe in it because I didn't have another option. Right. So it was kind of like, this has to work or it has to work. And so I'll just do whatever it takes um, to get, you know, that client. Because I knew that the American market, there was so much more money to be made. Like I would make three times more doing the same work that I was doing in Brazil. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to crack into that American market. Um, And that was, I guess, the best way. Oh, it's genius. Wow. I love that. And then from there, you said it kind of snowballed. So you started getting clients. And then from there, what was the process like to continue building it? Did you get referrals? Did you continue to do the ads? What was that like? Um, I definitely continue to invest in ads every month. I invest at least $300. And now those $300, like that return on investment for me is like more than $5,000 in lead, in, um, in clients more than that in leads because not everyone closes, but, mm-hmm. um, it's like, I think one of the hidden gems of the advertising world mm-hmm. um, that people kind of ignore if you're in this industry, because in Pinterest people are looking, um, it's like people planning things for the future. Mm-hmm. So if they're like pinning your brand and stuff, it's probably because they are interested in their creating a brand for themselves. So it's kind of like a future planning. So I almost feel like it's more, it's better targeted than just a Facebook ad because someone's actively, you know, looking for that. Mm. See, I don't know a lot about Pinterest ads. I've started learning about Pinterest like these past two months, just about how to use it for more Mm -hmm. visibility and traffic and everything like that. And it's just blowing my mind with how much you can do with it because it's a visual search engine, but I Mm -hmm. haven't really gotten into ads or anything, but that's, that's amazing. That's really cool. It's like a gold mine. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, I have other means now too. I have referrals and I have, you know, a lot of it comes from referrals now, but the Pinterest definitely is like a consistent source. Um, And like from there, I I definitely rebranded my business a couple of times. I grew my portfolio. I raised my prices, you know, the the general, the progression of business, but definitely I would say Pinterest ads was like the number one thing that helped in the beginning. That's so good to know for anyone listening who maybe wants to do something like what you did. So if you were to go back and kind of just like thinking about everything that you've been through and where you started these past couple of years, if you were to go back and do it all over again, is there anything that you wish you would have known knowing what you know now? Oh, definitely. <laughs> like if you say no, there's something wrong. <laughs> yes. Um, or any, what, what specific things stand out to you? Like what, what big things? I mean, in terms of the major decisions, I definitely would have made the same decisions, but with the with the business, I feel like there are a lot of things that I wish I would have known. Like, um, I think that I was, when you're young, you're really naive in terms of like people and you really expect the best of people and like, Oh, they're going to do the right thing. But in business, that's not true. You know, um, I have been, I guess maybe screwed over several times for several different things in my business because I kind of just assumed the person would do the right thing. But what you really need is to have like very clear legal documents and contracts and things outlining, um, you know, worst case scenarios. Cause I mean, hope for the best 
but prepare for the worst. Mm -hmm. So I would say the number one thing is there was a long time I didn't use contracts when I was first starting Mm -hmm. and I should have had a contract since day one, like a bulletproof contract. Yeah, that's Yeah. Is that for, sorry, like partnerships you're talking about or like contract with clients, partnerships? Um, uh, both. So yeah. whether, especially for client work, cause partnerships are kind of a separate thing, but mm-hmm. for client work, like you should not, if you have a service-based business, you should not perform a service until you have a signed contract, mm. especially cause it's really hard to prove. Like if someone brings a dispute from their credit card company, which actually just happened to me today. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone brings a, a dispute to their credit from their credit card company saying, Oh, this wasn't as described or whatever. If you don't have a contract, like they could just get their money back it's very easy for them to win that claim. But if you have a signed contract saying, you know, oh, this deposit is non-refundable or this, you know, this is the rules for requesting refunds or whatever, then it's very clearly outlined and it's much less likely that you're going to deal with those problems. You're going to have face those problems. Yeah, that's really good. I feel like that's something that you don't really think about at the beginning, but mm-hmm. something that you need to do right away, like you said, to avoid trouble down the road. I feel like you are really knowledgeable about a lot of different types mm-hmm. of online businesses. Like you, you have, you do some Amazon e-commerce, you're into the financial trading uh, business a little bit, and you have your own branding, design, strategy business, you're coming out with new ones. Let's say someone is starting from scratch and they really don't know a lot about how to make this work for themselves or they're looking for kind of the first step of what to do what advice would you kind of give them like starting out yeah definitely so I would say the biggest thing is for you to first of all is to educate yourself Mm -hmm. um find resources and study up don't just like post something in a Facebook group and ask people's advice it is good to get advice from other people but definitely like look for like experts in the field or, you know, courses from knowledgeable people in that area. Um, a great source is lynda.com. If you're an American, um, a lot of public libraries give free access and it's like a ton of great online courses. That's where I learned like the technical details of a lot of what I use today is just through these free courses that I got from like my library card from the town I used to live in when I was in the U.S., you know. So um, I would say definitely educate yourself first and decide what you're going to do. Um, I think the big problem that all people start out with when they're start or that the people have when they're starting is that they want to do everything at once, you know, like, Oh, I need to do, you know, like a podcast and I need to do like, I need to do a blog. I need to do a YouTube series. I need to do blah, blah, blah. You should just focus on one thing, do it really well and really focus in on like a specific audience. Cause if you try to market and be like, Oh, well, if I say it this way, then like I won't attract any men customers. And if I do it this way, then I won't attract, you know, middle-aged customers. No, think about who your ideal customer is. Who do you want to work with? Mm -hmm. And think of it as like one person in your mind. Like if you were to describe this one person who's your ideal customer, who is it? And then you tailor your marketing towards this person avatar whatever marketing avatar and that really helps you get a lot of clarity with the business i mean you can always expand in the future but if you try to do everything at once you end up doing nothing so i would say first of all get clear about who you want educate yourself and then come up with a process for what you're going to do so for example for the brand design how does that like onboarding process look like the person comes to your website they click on the consulting link Um, What happens after that? You know, do you send them the contract first? Do you have a consultation? You know, what does that look like? Get that very clear and then stick with it. You can like revise it over time. 
because sometimes you realize, oh, it actually works better to like switch these two things or add an additional step. But having a process is so, so important. And it looks so much more professional to your clients if you have everything organized ahead of time. Oh, I love that. That's and again, the, the contract. And if you're like, and if you're a brand or web designer and you need like a contract to start with, there's something called the killer contract by, or contract killer by Andy Clark. It's like a free open source contract that I actually use for my base. And that's like a really good place to get started. If you don't have, you want to hire like a lawyer or someone to write your contract. Mm, that's so good. I love the step-by-step process that you give. And I really like how you just make it super simple when talking about marketing and being very clear on who you're speaking to. Cause I feel like that's something that I've learned with marketing. Like if you're trying to speak to everyone, you're essentially speaking to no one. Exactly. And yeah, it's like marketing 101. Just get very clear and stick with it. Don't bounce around. I think that's so important to remember. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cause, cause I mean, there's a temptation to be like, no, but I want mass adoption. You know, I want everyone to use it. Yeah. But that's like a, that's like a five, 10 year goal. You need to be thinking about like your six month and one year goals for yeah. where you want to be. And that's just, I mean, be realistic with your goals. Otherwise, you know, it's not going to help anyone. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of give a timeline for when you started um, expanding into other services and doing other things just so people get an idea of like how long you've been working on each thing like realistically the the amount of time that it takes to build out things yeah so i first started like to end of 2014 which was the year i graduated went to brazil and that's when i kind of started the business um and initially it was like mostly brazilian customers it was actually like a different business um and the prices were like super cheap we focused on outsourcing agency work um but then when i created wildside um that was a little bit later that year and I started just with like brand design was kind of like the main thing and then I added the website design and I did that for about maybe a year or so um, just doing those two services and then from there I kind of realized that you know people actually had no idea like their strategy for their business or like their brand and they were asking me to design something based on you know oh I think pink is pretty And I was like, well, that's not, you know, that's not effective for your marketing. So I started adding brand strategy into the process too, um, as kind of like almost a necessity. I I pretty much require, unless the person really knows what they, you know, their strategy for their business, I pretty much require that we go through the strategy first Mm -hmm. because one thing is like you thinking something looks nice. And another thing is it actually appealing and being effective for your target audience. Mm. So that was like a big thing that I saw people had problems with. So I added that after like maybe a year or a year and a half. Um, and at that point I rebranded my website. Um, I started adding more, uh, raising my prices a little bit cause my schedule was getting a little more full. Um, and then about a year after that, or two years in, um, one of my clients actually became one of my, my business partner in the Amazon business because we had done like a branding packaging design for another product she had. And then she was like, oh, let's collaborate and sell some stuff on Amazon. You do the product design and I will do, you know, manage the logistics and, and connecting the suppliers and like the Amazon side of things. So I was like, that sounds good. Um, I, so I designed like a planner, a day planner, productivity planner. and that's my, I sell that on Amazon. Oh, wow. So that's I started, so cool. yeah. yeah, I started that after about, um, started out about after two years. Yeah. Okay. And then now I guess this is like four years, three and a half years later. 
um, was kind of during the big cryptocurrency boom of last year. Yeah. Um, so everyone was like super like hot on crypto. Yes. And there was a lot of misinformation going around. And um, so my husband's really into the, he used to trade like um, stocks way back before crypto, like traditional stocks. Okay. And so he was like into it and getting into, you know, the trading and whatnot. And then he realized that there was no like course out there. So he created like this course teaching people the basics of like technical analysis and how to read the graphs and how to make educated decisions about investments, not just for crypto, but for all investment markets. Oh, wow. And then from there, that kind of took off, had like a bunch of people super interested in the course. And so he actually took like his strategy and coded it into like this algorithm um, that I guess this starts getting complicated if you're not really into financial markets. It's kind of boring. But basically, it's like it, it integrates with a charting platform so that if you like to trade, you can add like his algorithm indicator to your chart and it helps you make decisions about when to buy or sell. Wow. So you can actually buy his algorithm to import into the charting or import into the charts. Is that how that works? Sorry, I'm not super familiar with. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> that, yeah, that's, that's correct. So it's yeah, a, it's okay. like a subscription based access. Okay. So we still maintain like the, the source code and whatnot. So that has been, um, it's really taken off. We, we sold out all 200 initial spots in the first 24 hours. Wow. So wow. that was, kind of, and it was like something that I was like, I'm never going to work with this, you know? Like, yeah. Right. Like, Finance are so boring. Right. So uh, I was always looking to the creative side with wild side and whatnot. And so that's been kind of exciting for me to be involved in a different type of project. That's so cool. And I, sorry, were you finished? Is that where you're at right now? Is that kind of everything? Uh, yeah, it's about everything. I mean, from here, the cool thing about the financial platform is, is we, we want to expand it to other types of audiences. Like you know, just teaching the average person how to invest more. Um, I think I'm even, I'm even going to do something specifically for digital nomads Ooh. who, you know, like, oh, you have all this money that you're saving living abroad. Mm. Um, where, do you, you know, how do you invest it? What do you do with it? And um, I think there's just a huge market for that. So that's, well, that's what we're doing now. I would totally be interested in buying that course because that, yeah, that's something I would love to learn and I really don't have a lot of knowledge about. So. <laughs> I want to keep me updated on when you guys come out with that because I'd definitely be interested. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's so cool. And I am glad that you, I don't know, just laid out the whole timeline because I feel like it's important for everyone to see that nothing happens quickly and everything mm -mm. in the process. And this has been literally you, year, like years of you building this and changing revamping things getting into new projects and that's why i really wanted you to lay out like okay this has been you know four years ago basically mm -hmm. that you've started and where you currently are now and i feel like it's important to to put that in perspective for other people because mm -hmm. i think people just want things to happen so quickly but it doesn't work that way no <laughs> it's a process okay so switching gears a little bit now obviously the show is called chasing the freedom and this is one of my favorite things to ask people because everyone just always has such a different answer and a different perspective um and it's really fun for me to hear so what does freedom mean to you the word freedom and has your current lifestyle change the way that you view freedom from the way that you view it now to how you viewed it maybe four years ago? 
That's an awesome question. Um, and I think I love what you said that everyone has such a different perspective on it because it's so true. I mean, for, before I came to Brazil, I always had this idealized version of freedom being like, I don't know, I guess just like freedom from the life I was in at the time, freedom from maybe responsibilities. I kind of had this idea that like, oh, it's just, you know, rainbows and butterflies and like doing whatever you want all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, classic, you know, naivete from being an adolescent, mm-hmm. I guess, um, and kind of having an unrealistic view of the world. Um, but then once I started working for myself, I started realizing that freedom is more a state of mind rather than like physically being able to go wherever you want and, you know, you know, do whatever you want, whenever you want. That's cool too. That's the freedom that comes with being an entrepreneur. But I think that you can have a, a mindset of freedom, even in your, if you're in a circumstance that you can't change or you feel like you can't change because you always have the freedom to choose how you view things and how you feel about them. And that's this freedom that no one can ever take away from you. And so that's really given me a lot of confidence in situations, um, some hard situations over the past few years of saying, hey, maybe I can't, you know, choose to go, I don't know, to Bali at the end, you know, take a trip and do, you know, all these other things, but I can choose little things every day, changing my mindset, choosing how I'm going to react to something, choosing how I'm going to respond to someone. And I think that if you shift it from like a physical state to like an, uh, a mindset, it really helps you to deal with a lot of anxiety. Wow. I love that. That's really good. So how does that look for you day to day? For me, it's more about self-ownership. First of all, is taking ownership for what I do. And, and, you know, if I'm having a bad day or something, taking ownership for that, it's like, I have the freedom. I, I can choose to continue feeling this way about having a bad day. Or I can, you know, try to get out of my head a little bit and choose to approach it differently. Mm-hmm. So that helps me a lot of times when dealing with frustrating clients, because clients can be very frustrating and saying like, just take a deep breath. It's okay. You know, I have many ways that I can respond to this. It probably, the first way is probably not the right one. So just being aware all the time of the choices that you're making and that almost everything that you do is a choice and you, you have that ability and the freedom to make that choice. So it helps me to be more conscious about the things that I do every day, I guess. Oh, that's such a good answer. I keep thinking about how you said freedom is a state of mind. And mm-hmm. that just makes me like think of all the mindset shifts that I've been through. Because I feel like you go through your life and you're not really, we're not like forced to do personal development, self-development, Mm-mm. reflection in school growing up. And then if you decide to do anything entrepreneur, like entrepreneurial, all of a sudden you come up with all of these yeah, mindset blocks or beliefs or limiting things or just these things going through your mind and that aren't even, I don't know, real or that aren't even valid, but mm-hmm. you know, you're forced to face them and like having to work through those every single day. And yeah, I feel like choice is such a big one and the way you choose to view things and the way you react to things and the way you yeah, see things. It's, um, I don't know. I love what you said. Like freedom is a state of mind. I guess kind of going along those lines, if there's something that you wish other people our age would just understand or would just get, what would it be? 
Okay. Yeah. I love, I love this question too, because I feel like everyone has such like a different lesson based on what their experiences have been. Yeah. Well, other than the thing that you touched on earlier, which was, you know, nothing is instant. I, I love the quote that, you know, no overnight success happens overnight. Like you're never, it's just the tip of the iceberg. Like you don't know, like the 10 years of suffering that person went through for like that one viral launch. So like keep it in perspective, but something, the big thing that I've been, that has been helping me a lot ever since I've been doing this, you know, this um, shamanic training has been that kind of the basics of life and everything are so simple and that we just like love to complicate things. Mm. Um, Tony Robbins has a term for it. He calls it the story. It's like the story we tell ourselves to justify where we are or where we're not. And just like these excuses and like, oh, I don't make, you know, I'm not going to travel because this happened to me and I can't do it because of this and blah, blah, blah. And kind of just how we put ourselves in this victim mentality. Mm. But the fact that we are actually 100% responsible for the life that we have now because it's the life that we're willing to put up with. It's like if you're in a situation that you're not willing to put up with, if you reach that point, you don't put up with it anymore. Mm. And you make that change. But if you're in, you know, a toxic relationship or you're in a job that you hate, you're only still there because you're willing to put up with it on some level. And so people, I think the big thing to get would be to take ownership of where you are in your life and don't make excuses. Don't make yourself the victim of your life. Empower yourself to make choices and, and changes and, and look at your life and see, you know, what do I actually want and what am I actually doing? to get there, you know, cause if you're just dreaming, you're not doing anything, then you can't complain about it because you're not taking any actions. So I know it's a really hard pill to swallow sometimes to take like an honest look at your life and say, Hey, I'm actually not doing what I want to be doing. It's not about being hard on yourself or, you know, feeling bad about yourself. It's just taking an honest look, taking responsibility and then making plans for how you're going to actually change that. Oh, wow. That's amazing. I love that. And I think that it's so interesting when you start thinking about why we think the things that we do and why people believe the things that they do about themselves. I guess just going back to the victim mentality that you were talking about, I feel like so many people just think that, you know, life is out of our control in a sense, or it's like, oh, you know, Mm -hmm. things are going to happen. We don't have control over it. And sometimes like, I agree, there are things that obviously are out of our, out of your control. You can't control it, but just having that self-ownership and taking a really hard look at like, okay, I realize that some things are out of my control, but I realize that a lot of things really are in my control and that Mm -hmm. it's empowering because you can either look at it as like, okay, well, I just, you know, instead of thinking I can't do anything about it, realizing that, you know, it is a choice. It's you're choosing every day what you want to do or what you want like not to do. And just, yeah, knowing that you have the power to change that. And I think that's so important just to remember that every day. And especially Mm -hmm. for people who think that their life is set in stone. Mm -hmm. Um, It just makes me sad, I think, because I just want people to realize that, you know, you have so much potential in you Mm -hmm. and you kind of, you owe it to yourself. You really do. You owe it to yourself and you owe it to other people to step into that and to not hold back or not think that, you know, everything is just out of your hands. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause especially cause one of the leading causes, um, of depression, anxiety, I remember reading this once is people feeling a lack of control of their life. Like they have no control over what happens. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's a way to kind of bring that control back to you. 
Oh yeah, that's good. And I feel like so many people are even struggling, like so many more people are struggling with depression and anxiety now. And I feel like it really doesn't help people just thinking or looking at what everyone else is doing and thinking mm-hmm. that they'll never measure up. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know where I'm going with that, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Comparisonitis yeah. is, is the worst. Oh, so I'm so glad that you brought that up. Um, that's good. So if someone is listening to this and thinking, yes, this girl is doing what I want to do. I love what she's created for herself. I want to learn more. I want to maybe talk with her more or work with you in some way. What would be the best way that they can get in contact with you? Definitely. So, um, I, my main way to contact me would probably be through my website, which is, uh, the wildside design.co. Um, but I'm actually launching a product soon that's specifically for this type of audience, which is called passport to profit. It's travel theme, of course, cause I'm obsessed. Um, <laughs> I love that. And uh, it's going to be basically teaching people how to do their own branding and their own website. And a lot of the stuff that I talked about on here is going to be covered in that course. Um, you know, teaching how to choose that audience, get really clear. Because I had a lot of people that that love my work and they wanted to work with me, but they weren't like financially in a place that made sense yet. Mm-hmm. And so I had so many requests that I'm going to be doing this course later this year. So there'll be like a, I think that Lynn will probably include it, like a, a link for you to sign up if you want to get more information about that. Yeah. Or if you want to contact me directly, um, you can just fill out like the contact form on my website. And I would love to talk to anyone, you know, if you need to bounce some ideas off or anything. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely include all those links in the show notes and the Passport to Profit uh, course sign up. Do you have an idea of when that's going to be launching? Sorry, I don't know if you said that already. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm planning to launch it by the end of the year. Um, there's yeah. a lot that goes into it. I have a lot of, um, I'm going to be providing like a lot of pre-made website templates. So that does take time, yeah. but I'm hoping um, by the end of the year it will be out. Perfect. Oh, that's exciting. Um, I can't wait to see that and see what you've created. I know that'll be super valuable to a lot of young upcoming entrepreneurs. So that's awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Kelsey, thank you so much for coming on. Um, everything, I feel like I just keep saying everything that you've been through is so inspiring, but it's so exciting to hear how much you've done for yourself and how much you've created and really how much you've changed your life around just by deciding to take the leap of faith and jump in headfirst and working for yourself. Um, so thank you for sharing all of your tips and I know people get a lot out of it. Thanks so much, Lynn. It's been a real, uh, real pleasure to be on the show. I really appreciate it. Yes, of course. All right. Well, I'll talk to you soon and for everyone else, I'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. And that is all for this week. I don't really have anything else to say except that Kelsey was awesome and super cool talking to her. She is so down to earth and yeah, I love everything that she had to say and I hope you guys did too. As always, thanks for listening and I will talk to you next time. Bye-bye.